Hello, happy Friday. Welcome back to It's Okay to Love Yourself, a self-love podcast. My name is Catherine. I am your host. And today I am just so excited to be sharing this episode with Ashley Jackson Thompson and Miriam Boldeman, who are two incredible women, two caregivers who each have their own story and background of how they became caregivers for folks, you know, incredibly close to to themselves in their lives, their spouses, their family members, um, and how going, t- assuming that role as a caregiver really led each of these women to finding self-love and really recognizing and remembering how important it is to make time for self-care and how transformative that experience has been for each of them. When I first connected with Miriam and Ashley, and I think you'll hear it in this episode, is just their energy is so infectious and, and it is amazing and awesome to see two women who both are really living examples of what they preach and they're just putting out such positivity and amazing things into the world and it was really an honor to be able to to hear their stories and ask them about their own journeys with self-love so i know that you guys are going to really enjoy hearing this conversation. It was really fun to have two guests at, at once and be able to um, really hear each of their stories, dig into little tactics and, and practices that they use and that they enjoy and that they help other women and other caregivers take into their daily lives to make time for themselves and make time for self-care and self-love. We talk about, you know, everything from um, the effects of not practicing self-care and self-love, how that can have physical changes to our body. We talked about um, worthiness and the, the power and importance of reminding people that they're worthy of an incredible life. And um, one part I just especially love in this episode is hearing about how Miriam and Ashley's spouses have really been able to be there for them in times where they've felt like they, you know, lacked confidence and especially when it came to their bodies. And um, that's a really powerful moment in this conversation that I, you know, again, just has stuck with me since we've recorded it and re-listening to it and editing it. It was just beautiful. And I'm just really grateful that we were connected and grateful that you are listening and excited for you to hear this conversation. Um, so let me see what else is going on. I, if you saw on my personal Instagram, I spent the beginning of this week down the Cape, um, which is about an hour and a half away from Boston for folks not 
from the area. And it was just a really great time to be able to rest and be in nature. I went to the beach every day, watched the sunset a few times, and it was really just necessary. I don't think I realized how how in need of a change of scenery and just a break from my really small studio city apartment that I love, but you know, you need a break every once in a while. And um, this pandemic has really changed me in a lot of ways in that whenever I used to feel that urge to go to a new place, I would always, you know, I was that person who really enjoyed city vacations or um, beaches and, and things like that. But now I've found myself really just dreaming of being in really open spaces with no one around me. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can relate, but um, when you live in an area that you walk out your front door and there's always people around, um, you know, normally that's pretty exciting and fun and there's things to do. But in the current state of the world, I don't know why, but I just since since last year I just have really been enjoying going to really big green wide open spaces big beaches with no one around and um it was just really great to be able to do that and be able to enjoy a change of pace a change of scenery and really reflect on you know what's going on and got a lot of things in the works right now, which is really exciting. Um, if you haven't checked out my new podcast, The Empowered Leader, check it out. It's been really fun to, to launch that new project and been connecting with some great folks, including my dad. Um, I just, I'm going to be speaking to someone about burnout Um, I did an episode on like mindfulness with a guest who was incredible. So, uh, that has been really fun to do. And I think I'm just adjusting to this new normal of producing, editing, hosting two podcasts at a time, two weekly shows, and just connecting with folks as well about, um, their, their lives and, and business. And it's been fun to sort of see where there's, um, opportunity to, for me to be able to help and use the skills that I've developed to, to work with folks one-on-one, whether it's growing their business or helping them discover new things about themselves and get clear on what it really is that they want out of life, out of their career. Do they want to start a business? Do they want to make a career transition or a pivot? Um, So it's just been really wonderful to, I think I'm finally in that place where I've really adapted and I'm really recognizing like this really is my new normal. It's not just something I'm working towards anymore. I'm really doing it. It's really happening. And Um, one thing I think has been incredible is like just feeling the energy of these things that I'm building, starting to resonate with people in the world and like feeling the momentum building has been incredible. And I think that's one thing about this whole journey that I'm on both with, you know, 
sharing my own story of of self-love and and like the ups and downs with that but also with with being a self-employed person and um you know navigating this first year in in business as a sole proprietor and learning what works and where that opportunity is what what's my niche um you know these things take time it doesn't just happen and and materialize overnight. It's this process. And it's been really incredible to just get up every day and like be able to really feel the energy that I'm I'm putting into these things, like feeling it grow. And and whenever someone reaches out and is excited about the podcast or, you know, gives me the feedback that it really spoke to them and that they really connect with it and res- it resonates with them. It's just, there's no other feeling like that in the world. And I'm just really grateful that things are progressing as they are. And um, yeah, just, just wanted, I don't know. I just feel like that's been on my heart recently. And I know I've posted a bit on social in the last week or so, you know, I was having a really, rough time last week, to be quite honest. I think there's just a lot of intensity with my emotions, current events in the world, you know, really just everything happening. It, it was weighing on me pretty, pretty hard. And, um, it's been, you know, it's just, it's just that reminder though. Like I, I, I want to be that person who is open and who is sharing not just the positives and not just the highlights, the highlight reel, right? Like I want to really connect with people. And I think in order to do that, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be honest. And I think it's so important to be honest about my own experience as a fat woman and, and what that's like. And, um, yeah, so thank you for those who, who you know, have reached out and, and been there for me. Um, I definitely, you know, I've taken the time after that to really rest and, like, give myself the space to process a lot of those emotions and um, being able to go to a new space, be in nature. That certainly helped at the beginning of this week. And by by today, you know over a week later, um, I definitely am already feeling a change in, in, in how I feel. And I think I just needed to really sit with those feelings for a while and process them. So yeah, it's been, you know, it's been everything. There's, there's the good and the bad, right? Um, and like I mentioned, I think that in this conversation with Miriam and with Ashley, you'll definitely hear both the ups and downs. You'll hear them speak about um, what it was like for them when they really recognized that they needed to find a new way forward um, and how they each in their own way practice these things on a consistent basis. And, And I think that is the key is that you know, you're not aiming for perfection. You're not aiming 
sometimes you're not even aiming for it to be perfectly regimented. I know for someone like myself, like I've really just embraced that I am a person who goes with the flow and um, I can be consistent without being super regimented. If that, if that makes sense to you, it makes sense to me and that like, you know, I don't need to be overly stressed or overly um, track, like tracking anything in, in a certain way. Like it's, it's really just something that personally gels well with me and who I am as a person. Um, but it's different for everyone and everyone has different styles. And I think that the thing that matters is just having that appreciation for yourself and continuing over and over and over again to just choose yourself. I've been talking about that a lot um, in therapy. It's just like, I feel like this whole last year has really been this process of me choosing myself over and over and over again. You know, whatever has happened, all of the things that have happened, it's been these moments where, you know, things have been sometimes quite literally and physically like cleared out of my path. Um, that, you know, things that have felt scary and out of my control. But I think what it, what those experiences have taught me is that those are just opportunities for you to really turn inwards and to remind, it reminds you that, you know, we are the person and, you know, we're the, we're the most important relationship in our lives, in our lives. And like, if we, that, the relationship you have with yourself really sets that tone for everything else you have going on in your life and the importance of paying attention to yourself and how you feel and showing yourself love and care. And um, I really just think that every day, you know, it's even if I'm having a rough day or feeling feeling frustrated or, or uncomfortable in my body or, you know, whatever is going on, feeling frustrated about not being at a certain place that I think I should be at, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's really just that opportunity to take a deep breath and, and commit to showing up and, and doing your best every single day. So, um, I think that's about everything I've got <laughs> going on with me. And I just, again, um, Thanks so much for listening and for tuning in and for sharing. And um, I hope that you really enjoy this conversation and that you connect with Miriam and Ashley. They are just radiant. And um, I hope that you enjoy and tune in next week for a new episode. Take care. Welcome back to It's Okay to Love Yourself. I am here today with Ashley Jackson Thompson and Miriam Boldovin, and I'm very excited to be chatting with these lovely ladies who are here today to speak about caregivers and their stories with self-love and tell us about the work they do. So Miriam, Ashley, hi ladies, thanks for being here. Hello, thank, thank you, you for having us. <laughs> of course. I was really excited to connect with you and just loved your energy. We had a great conversation a few weeks ago and um, I'm just really eager to hear about 
you and your stories and um, know that other people are going to connect with you. So who would like to go first in introducing themselves? <laughs> I see Ashley pointing at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. My name is Miriam Boldewijn and I've been a caregiver for more than 20 years to both my husband and my brother. Not at the same time. My husband, I met him back in 1998 and he was a diabetic. Um, he started with dialysis first and in 2003 he had a kidney pancreas transplant surgery and during that time <laughs> I was the caregiver the cook the cleaner groceries woman and I was stressed and it wasn't until a social worker asked me the question Miriam how are you doing and I started crying and I was mad at myself because I didn't want my husband to see me like this um, but this question actually it saved my life when I got home I looked in the mirror and I said Miriam what are you going to do for you? Do you want to go on like this? What, what will happen to Martin? My, my husband's name is Martin. What will happen to Martin if something happens to you? And I already knew the answer. I couldn't get those words out of my mouth while looking in the mirror, but I knew the answer. I couldn't go on like this. Mm. So I started... Um, doing self-care and trying other techniques and tools, using tools every single day. And it really helped me. And years later, when Martin was finally doing better while I was at the oven in 2012, I had a phone call from Martin, you have to call your brother right now. And I said, what's wrong? He said, no, I don't have time to explain. Please call your brother right now. So I did call my brother and he was talking strange. And within five seconds, I hung up and called the paramedics. I didn't have to think about it. And he was having a stroke while I was talking to him on the phone. He was partially paralyzed. And, you know, we were two weeks. We lived in fear, anxiety, didn't know if he would make it. He was only 46 years old, by the way. And Thankfully, I learned from the first time I burnt out and I promised myself back then that I would never ever burn out again. I felt the exhaustion again. I felt the fear, those unwanted feelings, those feelings like you want to, you just want to punch them like goodbye, see you, never come back again. And I was reminded of those feelings and the promise I had made back then and I started using these techniques and tools again and it saved me from burning out again so I've been mm -hmm. taking care of two wonderful gentlemen in my life and I learned the hard way to take care of myself and to love myself yeah so yeah I, story in short <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know we'll dive deeper into it too but I love um I, I can just feel, you know, as you take us through those moments and I thought, you know, when we initially spoke and just hearing for folks in formal caregiving roles, like the importance of having other people caring for you and checking in on you and being able to reflect back to you and, and, you know, I think it's, 
it's it's one thing to consider yourself a caring helpful person and go out and live your life that way but when you really are in that formal role um you know having someone say how are you doing and checking in on you and then what it sounds like it propelled you to do was learn how to do that for yourself and how powerful that's been and i know we'll talk about that later too with um caregivers 2.0 uh but I, yeah, I, I can remember times, I think all of us have had those moments where a friend has just asked a simple, innocent, how are you doing? And it's that moment where we're like, oh, we're not, you know, I'm not okay. Like, and we need, we need folks and we need that support and we can even give it to ourselves. So I'm excited to hear more about what you've learned along the path. But Ashley, I know that you also have your own story with being a caregiver and um, would love to hear from you just about your background and how you met yes. Miriam and why we're here today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you again. Um, so yeah, I like Miriam and I am a caregiver for my lovely husband and also my grandfather. So uh, again, not necessarily at the same time, but about four years ago now, oh my goodness, it's 2021. <laughs> so uh, we are almost to the date four years ago when um, my fiance, and I mean newly made fiance, was diagnosed with a rare cancer in stage four. And, you know, we immediately jumped into chemotherapy and radiation because that's all we had. We, we only had a minimal amount of time to sit and think about it. <laughs> So we jumped into that. Um, his hospital's an hour and a half away. So, you know, I'm like Miriam said, I'm the everything. I'm the breadwinner, the cook, the clean, the chauffeur. Uh, I'm running him to and from his appointments. Um, the the chemo and radiation just it just wasn't working very very well. It, it would work, but then the tumor would grow back and sometimes double in size. So eventually they moved to surgery and uh, his first major surgery um, in order to lessen the chance of the tumor growing back. They um, had to, and I should say that his uh, tumor started in his nasal cavity. Um, so to uh, make lessen the chance of the tumor growing back, they had to remove uh, everything the tumor had touched by that point. So his left eye, his left nostril, and a part of his skull. So he, when I say major surgery, I, I do mean major. So he, he went in one way and came out a whole different way. And, you know, just the emotional trauma added to the physical trauma was really real. Uh, you know, and I, I'm like 30 years old at this point watching my fiance go through this. And um, it was really hard because after being all the everything, I'm also our wedding planner because he did not want to postpone our wedding. He wanted to go through with it because his, his idea was, I'm not going through all the chemo and radiation for nothing. Yeah. I wanna see you walk down the aisle. So of course, how can I say no to that? <laughs> so despite everything, you know, we did get married on the date that we had uh, chosen to begin with, which was a blessing. Upon returning from our honeymoon, 
within two to three days, we met with his doctor again, and the doctor told us that the tumor was growing again. And this time I needed to call hospice because at this point there's nothing else that they could do. So newly married and hearing that information, you know, I'm like, Miriam, I, I don't have time for myself. Like it's, it was almost like back to back to back bad news. Like we would get good news and then take 10 steps back, get good news, yeah. take 10 steps back, you know? So they wanted to do another surgery, uh, which of course, sure, like whatever we can do uh, to combat this tumor, we'll do it. Um, they took him for another surgery uh, they had to remove more of his skull this time and a part of his brain as well. So that brings us to March of 2020. And after all the surgeries, all the radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, he was deemed cancer-free. Yay! And then Yay. the, <laughs> yes, and then the pandemic hit. Um, but, you know, and the, the pandemic really made me stop. Plus with Troy's, uh, my husband's name is Troy, with the, you know, the cancer-free status, it really made me stop because, you know, I, I had wrapped my whole identity up in his care. I was his caregiver. I didn't know what else to do at that point. Um, so when I had to physically stop and sit and like, think to myself, well, what have I been doing the past couple years? Because I haven't been doing anything for me. I've just got all these aches and pains and worries and stress, <laughs> um, which is how burnout presented itself to me. The lack of self-care presented itself to me with ulcers, migraines. Gosh, I think I gained 40 pounds. Um, you know, just to keep it real, uh, that's what lack of self-care can look like, everybody, yeah. um, especially for caregivers. You know, it gets tacked on even more so. Um, so throughout uh, my journey, my caregiving journey, I have figured out ways that work for me. You know, Miriam's style of self-care is going to be different than mine. Uh, you know, I love to listen to music, dance, run. Uh, and because of pan the pandemic and me trying to figure out what is Ashley supposed to be doing here on this earth is how Miriam and I met. And we met through Facebook in a support group that I host um, called Caring for the Caregiver, Treat Yourself. And I she found me through there. Yes, for all my Parks and Rec fans, treat yourself. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how we connected. And as we kept talking and, you know, just noticing how much we are alike, we are actually sisters from another mister. I am convinced you cannot tell me any other way. Um, we have just decided to go on this mission to share different tools, tips and tricks that caregivers can use for self-care, self-love because if I don't take care of this body, my body, I can't take of anybody. <laughs> and yeah. those are very good uh, you know, tips to know because 
at some point you might end up becoming a caregiver. You don't know. Um, so, you know, now that I'm having to step back into, not that I ever stepped out, but now that I have to step back into more of a caregiving role um, now to help with my grandfather, I know those signs of burnout. I'm not going to go down that route. I'm going to take care of myself, make sure my mother takes care of herself so that neither one of us get burnout because it's not cute. It's not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, thank you for sharing everything and, and, um, taking us through your experiences and yeah, I can't even imagine just the ups and downs, even though you're not the one who's, who's ill, it obviously impacts you. And I think both of you spoke to that of how as the caregiver, you are, you want to be brave and you want to be strong for the other person, but it's so important to find those methods to take the time for yourself. And I love your point, Ashley, about the way I do self-care is going to be different than the way Miriam does it, the way that I do it. Um, and I love that you both really encourage the folks that you work with to find what works for them and really value and prioritize themselves. Um, I'm wondering now if you can speak to what are some of the ways that you started to make that adjustment when you, when you had those moments where you were like, okay, this is impacting me physically, emotionally, I'm sort of past the point of this being sustainable for me. How did you start to shift to a more self-loving and um, self-care focused way of caregiving? Um, like I mentioned before, the question of the social worker, it actually saved me because I started thinking about, okay, what will happen to my husband if something happens to me? It was a moment of awareness for me, like, okay, you can go on like this. So what I started doing, the first thing, I had to take baby steps. I wanted to do it all within a week. <laughs> Won't work. Yeah. <laughs> It won't work. So what I did is um, I started with meditation in the morning. I started creating, finding out first what I love, what I like to do. And one of those things um, was meditating. So in the morning I wake up, I pray first, then I meditate. Then I take a shower, have some breakfast, and while I'm enjoying my breakfast, I'm journaling for three to five minutes. You will be amazed how many ideas I get from just journaling three to five minutes in the morning. And I started doing it. I started with five minutes, 10 minutes meditation, a maximum of 10 minutes and three to five minutes journaling to start my day in a calm way but when I experienced that I liked it I loved it I wanted more so those 15 minutes became 20 minutes those 20 minutes 25 minutes and I added up and even listening to an audiobook or or those simple things getting my nails done Oh, I like that. Maybe I can do a manicure and a pedicure. So that's the way I build it up. Mm. And there's one more thing. I'm happy that Ashley brought it up just now. I gained a lot of weight 
while taking care of my husband. And it made me so insecure. My, my self-confidence, the self-confidence I had then, it went like pew, mm. down. And I remember that I asked Martin if he still loved me because I gained weight. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm still blown away by his answer. And he said, um, you know, you're still the Miriam that I met and I fell in love with. You are still the Miriam that uses both Surinamese. I was born in Suriname, South America and Dutch words <laughs> in one sentence. You're, you're still the Miriam that spills food <laughs> when she's eating. You have to know, yes, your body has changed, but I love Miriam. That's yeah. the person I love. That's the person I fell in love with. Never ever forget it. And hun, if you feel uncomfortable in your body, you can always do something about it. I can, I can help you. Maybe we can take a walk for a half an hour a day, or, you know, I can help you. But please know that I love Miriam. And this gift, it gave me such a self-confidence boost that it, it really helped me. I needed it and it helped me. So it's also important um, the support from your community, your family, your friends. It's so needed. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like I said, I got a boost and I started doing more self-care, taking more care of my body, loving myself even more, um, setting boundaries. Like when he asked me or my brother asked me, Miriam, can you help me with something? And I have scheduled that time for my self-care to love Miriam. Now I'm able to say, hun, I, I kind of, I'm doing something for myself right now. Can I help you later? And that's okay. It is okay. It's not selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's so important. Once again, it didn't happen overnight. It took me months, but I didn't give up. Yeah, There yeah. was no, no discussion. Don't give up because I deserve a wonderful life too. Yeah. And I transferred the positive energy to both Martin and my brother. So both of us be can benefit from it. So yeah. that, you know, it's, I do love myself. I tell myself every day, damn, you're a beautiful woman. Yeah. It's so important. We have to do that. We have to do that to our, for ourselves and, um, that story I have like chills and I see Ashley getting emotional just listening to you because I feel like that you can just feel the love and and knowing you know we're not our bodies we we all have these souls and that's what people fall in love with and I think that's amazing that he was able to let you see that and that was something you could use as strength to say okay I'm going to accept everything about my life and where I'm at now. And what can I do to infuse more self-love and, and 
lift myself up so I can care for these people. And we all benefit from that. And it, I think the last piece you spoke to, it just sounds like you learned how to set boundaries and how to say, maybe not right now, but later. <laughs> and I think that can be so hard when we're naturally giving people, or, you know, if you, if you want to be that caretaker, who's just there and you want to feel like the, your, your people can rely on you. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering, yeah, like, Ash, I don't know if you have any examples like that, or how did you, again, how did you start to make that transition and start to do things differently? Yeah, definitely. Um, let me, uh, dab those tears a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Miriam, that was beautiful. You know, Troy uh, always tells me that he likes them thicker than a snicker. So, um, <laughs> hey, it is what it is, girl. Uh, <laughs> um, so my like come to Jesus moment, as they would say, was literally that, that point that I was saying earlier when the pandemic hit, his, his cancer-free status uh, we were notified of that. It was kind of like, I, I got very emotional. Like it was an emotional time, right? Like, uh, yeah. we, we got the, this great news. We got the miracle we had been praying for, but then I realized it was like a couple weeks after that. Well, this was great. Not having to run him down the highway every day, but what am I supposed to do with this time now? Because that's all I've known for three years. So, um, you know, I knew there was a greater purpose to my life. I just didn't know what it was and I needed help figuring it out. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I actually uh, invested in myself and I got a business coach to help guide me and figure my stuff out. I didn't know what, who Ashley was, who Ashley wanted to be. And I started down this path you know, and that's how I met Miriam and so many other great caregivers, uh, you know, just through this process of trying to figure myself out and loving myself again, not beating myself up, um, because I would do that a lot. <laughs> With almost every decision I would make, I would always second guess myself. And that's still something that I work on to this day. But when I feel those insecure moments come up, I say, no, I made this decision for a reason and I'm gonna to stick to it. There was a reason why I said this, I did this, I'm gonna to stick to it. Why? Because my thought process is good, I'm good. I am doing great things in this world. Keep going, go get them, tiger. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that you, oftentimes I talk to myself and sometimes I, I do verbalize it, say it out loud. And people are like, who are you talking to? Me. I'm having a conversation with myself. Now leave me to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's important to highlight just the bringing the attention to your self-talk and how you can change from being unsure of yourself and doubting yourself and second guessing yourself constantly to then learning how to hear that, but then also talk back to it. Right. And say, no, like, <laughs> yes, I love what you said. I'm good. I'm doing good in the world. I'm going to keep going. Like, let's go. <laughs> and it's usually, you know, 
Miriam and I just hosted a, an a overcoming anxiety workshop with an anxiety empowerment coach. And a lot of things that came out of that three-day workshop, we realized that it's literally your anxiety lying to you. It's all lies. Yeah. You just give it the one-two punch, go sit down somewhere because you can't have a seat here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and wearing those gloves. <laughs> You know, we all yeah. we all have that negative cheddar. Like, who you think? Who do you think you are? No, you can't do this. Yes, I can. Go away. You know, and of course, um, I'm a happy, stronger, and more confident woman today. But like I told you before, there was a time it was totally it was a totally a total mess, <laughs> and it was a dark place. But Yes, of course. Sometimes I have days when I feel not sad, but that everybody has days when you're feeling good and when you're not feeling too good. Uh, that's still the same. But like Ashley said, um, we try to enjoy every single day and stay positive. Right. So I've been in a dark place, but I also managed to pull myself out of that place. And a couple of months ago, I started writing a book about my caregiver's journey because the world needs to know what caregivers go through. And fellow caregivers need to know that there are possibilities to try to enjoy their life within their situation. Because my situation is not Ashley's, is, is not another fellow caregiver's uh, uh, situation. But please try to find those little things that can bring a smile to your face every single day. I can, I wanna say this every time, I'm gonna say it every time you are worthy of a wonderful life too and you are enough and we appreciate what you're doing so I'm writing a book right now I hope it will be published in June or July of this year and because of my experience and lessons the lessons I learned I now have the privilege and pleasure to help fellow caregivers owning their well-being as they take care of their loved one, revitalizing their energy so they can serve their loved ones out of their overflow, their own overflow. Mm. They have to learn how to fill their cup. They have to learn how to love themselves, how to set boundaries, how to ask for help. There are so many things <laughs> I want to learn them because I learned the hard way. And like Ashley said, burnout, it's a nasty place. You don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think your message, I just resonate so hard with it, with the, you are worthy. You are worthy of finding those little moments in your day and you're enough. And I think when... <laughs> You know, it's easy right now, especially to get discouraged by a lot of things happening in our world, but it's, it's really, it brings me a lot of hope knowing that there's other people out there who are doing this work to remind people that they already are worthy. It does, they don't have to prove anything or um, give and give and give them themselves until they're at that burnout stage. Like it's, 
I just love that that's part of your message as well. And I think it can't be understated enough. Just like you said, we need to constantly be reminding people and also lead our lives that way. And, and I think that you ladies like live it and lead by that example. And it's just so incredible to, to hear and to witness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's needed. And that's why Ashley always says we are on a mission. <laughs> we are on a mission and we don't do things on purpose. I say we, because Ashley and I are still caregivers. Um, yeah. But sometimes we ignore the signs of our body when it says, okay, time out. Our plate is too full sometimes. We don't do it on purpose. We do it because we care and we want to offer our help. But yeah. I, I, I think that many caregivers, they say, okay, why is this happening to me? That question, why me? I turned it and I used the words, why not me? Why can't Miriam have a good life? Yes, she can. Miriam can have a good life, but Miriam has to take action. I have to do something. You can wish for things, but if you don't do anything, nothing will happen, right? So that's something that they should keep in mind as well. Okay, you can wish for, uh, four to eight hours sleep a day, but what do you have to do? What can you do? What are your possibilities? What are the opportunities? Grab them. <laughs> yeah. So those are the tips and, you know, self-care is, it's, it's not selfish, not at all. Yep. Yeah, I think even just the way you explain that, it's that flip in the reframe from, you know, why me, why is this happening when you feel trapped maybe in, in an action and feel overwhelmed by everything going on. And obviously there's something wrong with that. You know, when people are going through really emotional, hard times, like it's natural for us to feel that way, but it's also great to know when you're ready, you know, what, what can you do? There are these small little things and I think that your message is just so empowering to help people see that and, and start to slowly incorporate these things into their life. And, and again, all rooted in that place of you're worthy and why not you? Why can't you do that, right? Yeah, the why not me? Yep. Um, I'd love to hear just what you ladies are up to today. So you, I know you are busy with a lot of different projects. Um, Ashley, you want to go first and chat about your work? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, out of basically <laughs> uh, my pain, I did find my purpose and I launched Timeless Dream Events planning company and I am a special events planner for the terminally and chronically ill and their loved ones. Also caregiver advocate. So you can, you know, find me 
almost on any social media platform. Um, so I do a mix of, you know, of course, hosting events and also giving the caregivers those little nuggets of um, self-care tips and, you know, helping them avoid burnout. Uh, so, you know, you can find me at www.timelessdreamevents.com. Also, Timeless Dream Events on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. <laughs> I'm a little bit of everywhere. So I'm really excited. Uh, just like uh, Miriam said, I am working on my love story to my father who passed away. It will be 10 years this year. And to Troy, my husband. So I am really excited. I feel like I am finally in a good place mentally, physically, emotionally to put my story out there, be more, even more vulnerable than I have been yeah. and allow people to see and hear me um, for the first time. And uh, it will be launching. I actually got my launch date uh, two days ago. Um, my launch date will be June 18th. So I will be uh, getting a launch party together and have all the fun things. And I also have caregiver uh, gift boxes as well on my website. So if you are a caregiver or if you have a loved one, a friend that is a caregiver, this box contains a lot of goodies and um, you know, self-care uh, products that you could use. Um, show them some love. A lot of caregivers are in situations where they don't feel loved and appreciated. So any little bit that we can do to help them feel good, fill up their cup. So like Miriam said, they can give their love out of their overflow. So that is me. That's where you can find me. And I'm so excited to get this book out in the world, see where um, it goes and who I can help. And I, I can't thank you enough for the platform, Catherine. Um, Self-love is so important. And in my short few years that I've been here on this earth, I didn't realize it, how <laughs> important it really is until about a year ago. So definitely, definitely, I implore anybody listening, find your, your self-care routine and start off small. It can always build, but start off small. Just start. That's all it takes. Just the start. Thank you again, Catherine. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. And congratulations on the book. And, and same to you, Miriam. I just love, I feel like you're, and both of you two together, you're saying you feel like you're family and just have this connection and you can just see and feel that energy. And I love that you two just support each other and um, definitely would recommend for folks to connect with Ashley. I recently became friends with her on Facebook and I every post you post just makes me smile and I feel like exudes the most happy. Um, amazing. I'm not kidding. Like every time I see you come up, I'm like, oh my God, I just, I don't know. I just love it. And um, I think it's random at times. So it <laughs> Hey, if you, if you like to have fun, you can follow me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Actually, Ashley has a, <laughs> Ashley has a wonderful self, self-care moment. Um, um, maybe you can share it when you go uh, huh? have some fun. Oh, when I go driving? Yes, that is actually, it's real quick. I promise it'll be real quick. Go that for is it. actually one of my favorite self-care forms. So anybody that might actually be listening to this podcast while you're driving, drive around your your neighborhood. Just take the extra five minutes. I actually did it again this morning, Miriam. The radio station was playing some old music that I hadn't heard since my college days. And I'm just in the car like, woo! going to town I know people are probably like oh what's wrong with this lady I was having so much fun I turned the radio up was jamming and I that's what I love to do it's one of my favorite forms of self-care because it's like it's mine I get to listen to what I want to on the radio and I get to (laughs) jam out and not be judged so (laughs) (laughs) um, that's that's my favorite form of self-care right now of course, I that can always that. change, but yeah, yeah. singing in the I really, mass. really love it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, caregivers, if you're listening, Catherine, thank you so much. People can find me www.miriambaldwin.com. I offer a six week live online program, Caregiver 2.0. Um, it's, it's, you know, please book a free call so we can talk. I have so much content. I have so many tips I wanna share and I'm going to share them with fellow caregivers just to make sure that they can implement it in their their daily life at once. I'm not a kind of person that says, okay, here you go. This is 30 pages. Please read it and do your homework. No, you should be able to implement it in your daily life right away. I wanna see those results. I wanna see a smile on a caregiver's face. I wanna see a caregiver who says no without feeling guilty or a caregiver that when she finally has five minutes to do self-care, she doesn't feel guilty. That's the result of Caregiver 2.0. And when my book is finished, I I don't have a date yet. Ashley does have a date, but I don't have a date yet. Um, I will keep you posted. And this is just a reminder for caregivers who are listening. You have two hands. One is to help other people, but the other one is to help yourself. Please keep that in mind. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse. Ashley and I and another fellow uh, caregiver, we have a chat room. We talk about many things, care, uh, tips for caregivers. We have serious topics, but we also have lighter topics. Um, Please follow us on Instagram, on YouTube, check our channel where we share all the podcast interviews with the nuggets and the tips you can use every single day in your life. And we are on a mission. 
We hear you, we see you. And if you have questions, feel free to get in contact with us, either via email or, or a message, via Instagram or Facebook. We read all the messages and we try to reply ASAP. But thank you so much, Catherine, for giving us the opportunity to and share our story and share nuggets. Of course. Well, thank you both so much for, for being here and for folks listening. Um, if you feel a connection and want to uh, learn more about what Miriam and Ashley are, are up to and learn from them, please reach out to them, follow them on social media. Um, I'm sure it you can hear it in in their voices but these ladies are all about service and serving and and self-care so i just really could not be more um honored that you both are here and and shared so vulnerably and thank you thank you for your time it's been great thank, thank you so you. much